0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskul with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? The NFL season is in full swing. You may not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action. Things are heating up in several divisions. Will injuries play a part? Drew Brees is hurt. Can Big Ben and the Steelers keep it rolling? Did anyone have Dustin Johnson winning the Masters in record-setting fashion? From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Betonline.ag, your sportsbook experts. This week, I'm joined by the returning passing yard leader and passing touchdown leader in the toughest football league in the entire country, the Trinity League. He led his team to the Open Division playoffs last year, narrowly losing a first round game to Mission Viejo. His 37 touchdown passes was second behind Bryce Young of modern day who is now at the University of Alabama, and his 2,900 passing yards was third behind Young and DJ Uyunglele from St. John Bosco, who is now at Clemson. He did all of this as a sophomore. Noah Fafita from Servite High School, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Have you always been a quarterback, or did you play other sports?
1: Uh, So I played a lot of sports growing up, but football was my main focus and my main one, and Ever since I was five on my flag football team, I've played quarterback.
0: Oh, so you didn't play any other positions? What other sports did you play?
1: Uh, I grew up playing baseball, basketball. Uh, Actually, the first sport sport I ever played was soccer. So I kind of hopped around different sports, but football always
0: Do you you play any other sports now besides football?
1: I run track in the spring, so I run track just to get faster to help me in football. And then I also got into golf within my – the last couple of years of my life
0: are you on the servite golf team
1: yeah i'm on the frost off
0: hey patrick Cantley, not servite guy ucla
1: yes sir our, our, our golf team's legit
0: though no, they are very very legit and i i didn't plan to ask you this question because i didn't know about golf how does the mental aspect of golf help you as a as a quarterback because in golf we all know and i'm i'm a golf coach and i've been playing for years you're going to hit some bad shots and you're going to deal with adversity. How does that help you as a quarterback?
1: I think it helps me a lot. Uh, a, lot a lot of the mental stuff, like you said, um, I, I like to believe in neutral thinking. So never thinking too positive but or negative uh, and always just being in the moment. So I think golf helps me with that. Like you said, fighting through adversity, uh, taking it one shot at a time, regardless of how bad or how good your, your previous shot was. And then I also think it helps me with uh, nerves. Um, I think one of the most nervous times of my life is actually the first hole, the first hole of of my golf matches with everybody watching. So um, I think golf helps me fight through adversity, but also helps me fight through my nerves.
0: Yeah, especially if you're that number one guy on the team, there's a whole lot of people watching you tee off and you certainly don't want to, you know, duck hook one into the, the trees or out onto the street. Um everybody knows how tough the Trinity League is. I I along with just about everybody else say that it is the absolute toughest football league in the country. How has playing against that competition week in and week out prepared you to become a better quarterback?
1: It helps me in so many ways. Um physically, you're not going to you're not going to like you said it's probably the best without a doubt the best um league in the country. So you're never going to play against Guys like that on the defensive side, especially for me, I won't play a lot of DBs that are faster than the dudes in the Trinity or bigger linemen in um, the Trinity. There's a lot of guys in the in the South and in Florida and stuff that are athletic, but I mean, team wise, there's it doesn't get better than Trinity. So I think it helps me physically, but also mentally, being able to just fight, kind of anticipate and find windows to throw in. I think it will really playing in the Trinity is definitely gonna help me in the long run.
0: You're not the biggest guy out there. You're listed at about 5'10". But, you know, Coach Thomas tells me you are incredibly athletic. What challenges do you have as a quarterback? Because you're not that 6'3 guy.
1: Uh, some challenge. I mean, throwing in the middle is always hard. But, you know, a lot of people doubt that I, could, that I can throw to the middle. And I think my feet and my athleticism helps me do that. Find windows. Find windows to throw through. And then also just um, getting out of the pocket and being able to make plays with my feet. A lot. Two guys that I look up to a lot is Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, and just their their scrambling ability, their athleticism, and improvisation on the field. That's definitely something I look up to to help help myself because, like you said, I'm not I can't really see over the line sometimes, and uh, my athleticism helps me helps me get in and out of those situations.
0: And and that was going to be one of my questions today. Who do you look up to? Who do you model your game after? Being, you know, under six feet tall and, and the athletic ability that you have, obviously, you know, running track and, and playing soccer and other sports definitely probably helps your footwork when yes. you're trying to get out of the pocket.
1: Yes, sir, definitely.
0: Um, last year, or th- this, this league is, is so tough, top to bottom from the last place team, no matter who it is, up to the top team in the league what is it that you guys at Servite have to do to break into the top two or even to get a league championship?
1: I think we just need to worry about ourselves um a lot of people a lot of people think about what other teams are doing, what modern day and what St. John Bosco are doing but um our our big thing is control what we can control and then also be where you are. ourselves. So the best thing we could do is just take it one day at a time uh let just grind in the weight room grind in grind on the field, and then also in the classroom just make sure that we we know and we're good at what we do and what we're doing and then uh just playing together and just building that family. We have a great family, a great brotherhood at Servite. And I mean, that should that should be enough to help us.
0: You know, you know, at the beginning of the podcast I threw out a couple of names of some pretty darn good quarterbacks and I'm just going to say Lalay again because I know how to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> yes. Sir. You know, you see those guys. You saw DJ and you saw Bryce and 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 even General Booty at at uh, Jay Sarah. Did you learn anything from them by watching them?
1: Yeah, uh, I learned a lot, especially Bryce Young. Bryce Young's another guy I look up to. Another guy that I try to model my game after. Um, actually, my eighth grade and my freshman year, I watched a lot of film on his on his uh, first two years of high school. Just his athleticism and his escape escapability. And then just his creativeness to find different arm angles, find different windows. That's something I always looked up to. And then DJ, DJ's is uh, another guy, another guy I look up to. Obviously, I don't have the same frame as him, the same arm strength, but um, there's a lot of things that I like from him. And just both of those guys are two guys I have great relationships with and two guys that I really look up to.
0: And how cool is it seeing? Myself as a broadcaster, I'm, I'm around Southern California a lot, and I see a lot of guys – from a lot of schools but how cool is it for you to see these guys especially dj recently you know starting for what was the number one team in the country and now they've just since dropped down to number four after the loss on saturday but how awesome is that
1: no that's awesome i mean i grew up i grew up a utah fan but i think this is probably the first year where i'm not going for a team i'm just watching the guys the guys that i played against It's so it's just they're they're really setting the bar for us they're setting The platform and the path for us to follow and it just they're just showing us that that it could be done so
0: yeah and you you look at all the colleges around the country and it is littered with trinity league alums you look at a college and you know one of the top schools in the country and there's somebody there last year you were a first year starter and you had so much success what was your biggest strength and what have you worked on since the end of the season
1: I think my strength was uh my mind. I always made sure I was the the most prepared on the field at all times. I always made sure I knew the offense in and out and what coverages they were going to run, but um a lot of a lot of the a lot of credit for my success goes to my coaches. Darnell Arsenault uh was our offensive coordinator last year. He moved to Hawaii this year, so we lost him, but he he put me in a lot of good situations um both on and off the field and then my teammates. I probably had one of the best on linemen. I think three of our starting five went D one last year, and then um, we have another one committed this year. So I had a great online, and then obviously the receivers I had T Mac, um, Zedekai Sanders, Damian Moon, and I just had great guys around me. But something I'm 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 working on this year is my athleticism. I'm trying to be faster. I'm trying to really be a a dual threat. I feel like I wasn't really a dual threat last year. I could make plays with my feet, but I wanna, I wanna take the top off this year.
0: So, have you worked on a lot of your footwork? And, and I'm sure track helps you with your speed.
1: Yes, sir. So that that was my main. That was one of my main focuses this year.
0: What What surprised you the most about your performance last year? I mean, I'm I'm a guy. I'm an older guy. I look around. I look at stats. I broadcast games. As a sophomore, you had 37 touchdowns, just under 3,000 yards. And only four interceptions. Was that a surprise to you? Or did you know that you were capable of, of putting up those numbers?
1: I always knew I was capable of that. I mean, the work I put in on in the classroom and on the in the weight room, I mean, I, I expected a big year. But once again, all, all credit goes to my coaches and my teammates for, for supporting me and making my job easy.
0: Well, you've got to take some of that credit because you're the one that throws the ball. You're the one that makes the decision. So, you know, give give yourself a little bit of credit because those yeah. are some some pretty good numbers in, in a very, very difficult league. And it's not like you guys play a cakewalk schedule. You, you play tough teams in the non-league season as well. Yes, sir. Now, this year you return your leading rusher, Kyle Bandy, who's a junior. Your second leading receiver, who's also a sophomore, T. McMillan. And, you know, he had 900 yards and 12 touchdowns. And and you mentioned some other guys a minute ago. How much comfort does that give you going in, knowing you've got your leading rusher back, you've got a good offensive line, and you've got a very comfortable target to throw the ball to?
1: That makes my job so easy. I mean, like I said, my supporting cast helps me so much, makes my job easy. Uh, Like you said, we have Kyle Bandy. Kyle Bandy coming back. He, I don't even think he... Touched his ceiling last year. He's gonna have a breakout year this year with our new offensive coordinator. Um obviously we know about T Mac, what T Mac can do. Last year's stats, I don't even think that's gonna be half of what he does this year. And then we also got a new tight end transfer from Jay Sarah, uh Kean Burnett. And um he's gonna help us in the run game, but he's gonna give us another threat on the outside, both in the slot and the outside. He's a deep threat. Nobody can really run with him, but then also just giving him little arrow routes and letting him run, it's gonna be hard to tackle him as well. So my O-line, my receivers, and then our new offensive coordinator, Sean Cole. Um, This year is going to be real exciting.
0: Now, you guys, how have you worked with them this year with with the pandemic and everything to get on the same page, to work on timing? Because I know that during the offseason, guys get together, they go to the local park, they work on routes and stuff like that. But what have you done or have you done any of that with your receivers?
1: Yeah, it's definitely been harder this year, obviously because of the pandemic. But I mean, uh, we would go out once, maybe twice a week with my receivers, uh, and just throw routes, try to get our timing, uh, try to get better. And then we ended up running player run practices. So during our dead period, we had two player run practices a week, and we would just do install periods, do seven on seven, just trying to find timing and just trying to um find each other's comfort and just be on the same page.
0: Do you feel that that really helped you without without having a spring practice, without having anything over the summer, and now the the limited practices that that schools have been able to have? How comfortable do you feel with everybody right now?
1: I feel good. We had we we're practicing right now. We have a lot of install a lot a lot of install periods. We don't get to really compete, so everything's mental. Zoom. We have Zoom meetings, and uh, I feel good. Obviously, there's a lot of room for improvement and hopefully that'll come when we get to do a little more stuff together. But as of right now, I'm feeling good and I'm excited for the future.
0: You guys obviously serve in orange County. Um, the, the rules I guess for COVID are a little bit different. How have you guys been practicing? I know up where I am, the, the quarterback and a receiver, they can only use a ball together. They can't throw it to anybody else. There's no seven on seven. If they're doing an 11-on-11 11 11 and team, everybody's got to be six feet apart, which makes it difficult for linemen because you don't have six-foot splits normally, and it makes blocking and angles and stuff like that more difficult. There's no defense out there. Have you guys been doing any seven-on-seven seven or 11-on-11?
1: Uh, it's really just install stuff. So we're trying to install, um, just kind of know where we're going. We're in a new offense this year because we just got a new offensive coordinator. So it does, it doesn't help us not being able to to go full speed and go against a live defense with this new offense we're learning, but we're we're adapting and making the most of it, but right now we're no competing we're just install periods and walkthroughs. How difficult
0: is it? Because, you know, you hear about guys in the NFL. This guy had three offensive coordinators in three years. And this guy in colleges had four offensive coordinators in four years. And, and the one that comes to mind for me right away is Josh Rosen from St. John Bosco Mm -hmm. at UCLA, who had so many changes. How difficult is it? And granted, you've only been in, you were only in the offense for one year, but how difficult or challenging is it for you to learn new terminology Maybe new reads, maybe new check downs, and stuff
1: like that. It's not too bad. I have a great relationship with our new offensive coordinator, Sean Cole. Uh, we we had Zoom meetings with the offense, but we also had a lot of Zoom meetings just one on one, just trying to learn the ins and outs of the offense. Like I said, I want to be the most prepared on the field every single game, so I take pride in that. And we we just had great meetings, just learning the new offense, and then. Also, Coach Kole is really a real good guy, and he made it easy for us just being able to use some of the terminology from last year. Obviously, every offense has similar plays, so um, he let us kind of decide the play calls and the signals. So that makes it easy. The only the only hard part was um, the formations. So he has a lot, a lot, a bigger variety of formations than last year. So that's one thing we're getting used to. But so far, so far, it's been it's been real good.
0: Yeah, a lot of guys have a different numbering system with their run game, with their passing game. And how difficult was it with with the terminology to say, hey, this play is this play? Do you ever find yourself thinking, wait a minute, oh, this play is this play? Because everybody runs when you watch an offense. If if people are running trips, everybody's kind of running the same patterns with the three guys out there. They just call it something different. How difficult was it for you? and your receivers to kind of get on the same page with all of that?
1: I mean, it's still, it's still real new. Uh, there's still times I go up to the line and I kind of get my terminology mixed up with last year, or I'll come up to the line and just, I know the play, but I just think of the play in my reach from last year. So that's, that's something I'm still getting used to and adapting to. But like I said, Coach Cole's has done uh, a nice job and uh, just done a nice job changing the terminology, changing his old terminology and, uh, adapting it to make it kind of easier for us he always says that it's easier for him for her for him one person to learn the new terminology than for uh, the whole offense to learn it so he's definitely made it easier on us
0: do you think and this is kind of a, a, a weird question but because of the pandemic and the extra time you guys have had has helped you understand the offense a little bit more because If we look at it right now, we're in November, we'd probably be in the second week of the second round of the playoffs. It's kind
1: of hard to tell. I mean, the new, just being able to be on the field and more repetitions and more uh, kind of film watching it, watching the places help. But I think that if it was a normal year and and we were on the field from the beginning of April or May for spring ball, if we're on the field together, being able to run full speed and run the offense, I think... it'd be the same, same to pick up,
0: you know, looking at the numbers from last year, you you guys didn't run the ball for a lot of yards. You were around 60, 40, you know, you threw the ball about 60% of the time, which probably made you real happy. But (laughs) how important is it moving forward for you guys to be able to run the ball more effectively?
1: I think it's real important. And uh, obviously I I had fun last year, uh, slinging the ball around 40, 50 times a game, but Being able to be in a more balanced offense this year, um, a lot of more run game and formations, I think it'll open up the pass game more for me and for our receivers. Um, Defenses are going to have to choose whether they want to put people in the box to stop our run or if they're going to want to stop our pass. And then whatever they decide, we'll have an answer for it. So I think it'll make my job a lot easier. And hopefully our offense will be able to put up uh, some more points this year.
0: You know, with all the transferring that goes on in, in high school football, and you mentioned that you guys got one, and and I read, you know, the newspaper and social media and stuff. You know, this guy transfers from this school to this one, to this guy leaves this one and goes to that one, and this guy goes from this one to that one. And it's it's well documented. Do you find it difficult when you bring in a new transfer, like the young man you mentioned from Sarah, to learn how to adjust? And how have you guys worked to get more comfortable knowing that he was not in the program last year.
1: So our new so our new transfer is his name's Kian Burnett. Yeah. So he's from J Sarah, San Juan Capistrano. But I actually grew up with him. So we played ball, youth ball in eighth grade together. And then even throughout our high school, we we played seven on seven together and kind of club, club stuff. So I've always had a great relationship with him. Uh, obviously we still have timing and we still have a good connection from from seven on seven. But the year off, the year off, uh, the year separate, we had it, the chemistry kind of kind of got got uh, diminished a little bit. So we're still building that up.
0: You mentioned you played with him before, and he went to Jay Sarah. How familiar is everybody with everybody within that league? Because maybe you guys played Pop Warner together. Maybe you guys do the seven on seven stuff together. How familiar are you with everybody? And is there is there a little bit of I don't know, trash talking and, and bragging rights on Friday nights and then carries over into Saturday morning?
1: Yeah, we know. We know we all pretty much know each other. We all have kind of our circle from youth football. Uh a lot of the kids I played against in youth football, so it's kinda tight but it's kinda cool playing them again. Uh two got two people that come to mind is Jalen Davies and Ray John Davis. Uh they're at Modern Day right now and obviously they're committed, big time commits, but I actually played them in My seventh grade year, they're in eighth grade and we played each other. So we all know each other on and off the field and off the field. We're all cool. But as soon as we step on the field, uh, there's a lot of trash talk. There's a lot of competition. And that's that's the best part about football.
0: And I'm sure the trash talk is very, very clean because, you know, all of you guys are faith based Catholic schools, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) Um, now, how do, when you play against these guys, and, and you mentioned a couple guys at Modern Day, and you know their strengths and their weaknesses, do you go over that with Coach Thomas or your offensive coordinator and say, hey, I know how we can beat this guy. I know what his weakness is.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about it. I mean, we always, we always give out kind of study sheets before every week and just a roster of who's starting and um, kind of their tendencies and stuff like that. So, We definitely talk about it, um, and then we kind of just try to execute to the best of our ability on Friday nights.
0: I asked Coach Thomas what he likes about you, and here's what he said. You're the best he's ever coached. You have the (laughs) highest football IQ. You are very calm under pressure, and you are incredibly athletic. That's pretty high praise coming from somebody who has been very, very successful at
1: the high school level. What's that mean to you? It means a lot. Um, I think that's that's very important to me. Just having a coach that believes in me, uh, I'm really appreciative of that. And uh, I just I just try to work my butt off every single day to to make him proud and to show him that he's not wrong.
0: Why is your football IQ so high? Do things during a game? Do they slow down for you? Or do you just have a knack for understanding offenses, coverages, schemes, what defenses are trying to take away from you, what they're giving you? Because some quarterbacks, they struggle with that. But apparently you've got a gift for it.
1: I grew, up, I grew up in a football family. So I went to my first football game when I was two months old. When I was born, I actually had three uncles already in D1 football. So I grew up, I grew up around the game. And my dad, my dad's actually been my coach since I was five. So just being around him, I have a great relationship with him. He's probably one of my biggest role models. And just one thing he always preached to me was to always be the most prepared. Never to never um he never wanted me to be confused on the field when I saw a coverage or I saw a disguise or blitz. So that was always big for me. I'd always be in the film room, always watching film with him. He'd tell me he's a defensive guy, so he'd tell me kind of what he saw and what he liked. And that definitely helped me. And um just being in that, just having that relationship with him. And just building my confidence and my IQ over the years, it definitely helped slow the game down now in high school. And you
0: probably learned, hey, this is when this coverage, this is what I can look for in this coverage. If they're sending, you know, this this type of blitz package, this is what I need to look for. Does that help you slow the game down? And when you go up for your pre-snap read, do you know where you're going with the ball or do sometimes you have to go through that progression?
1: Probably, I would say 75% of the time. 70% of the time, I know exactly where, I'm, where I want to go with the ball. And then when something happens, my receiver falls or uh, they run the wrong route, something like that. That's when I have to go to my secondary reads. But most of the time, I look at body language. I look at uh, kind of depth and leverage, and I get my pre-read from there.
0: Now, you mentioned you had some relatives that played in you know, Division One, high levels of Division One. What have you learned from them? What kind of advice have they given you about your career and about your future?
1: Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is to never be satisfied. Uh, two of my uncles actually went on from D one football to the to the NFL, and they bounced from team to team. But something that they always that they always preach to me is to never be satisfied. Um, actually, after I got my first Power Five offer from California Berkeley. I actually had a, I had a bad day the next day, and my dad and my uncle got on got on me and um they just they just continue to preach to never be content with where I'm at and just always get better.
0: Who are your uncles and where did they play
1: uh one of my uncles is Steve Fita he went to the University of Utah he was actually the defensive m v p of the Fiesta Bowl when they won in two thousand five uh, Another one of my uncles is Kelly Talavo. he also went to Utah and then he went on to go play for the Baltimore Ravens. And then he's also actually our D-line coach at Servite. And then my last one was Manoa Pono. He went to Fresno State, and then he's our O-line coach now.
0: Now, when you look at all the relatives that went to Utah, are you maybe leaning towards or hoping for an offer from Coach Winningham up there?
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, my first couple of years, I was looking for that offer. But um, now I'm just... I'm just doing everything I can. I'm blessed with the offers I have and the coaches I'm talking to. So, whatever comes comes, but I'm just controlling what I could control.
0: And that's a great attitude and you've got a few offers. Obviously, you said Cal, Fresno State, Hawaii among a couple of others. What has the recruiting process been like for you and what is your time frame being that you are right now you're a junior?
1: it's definitely picked up um, since September 1st when they were able to hit me up. So I've talked to a lot of coaches and built a relationship with a lot of them, especially the schools that I've offered. Um, I probably talked to Cal Berkeley every other day and uh, I'd have a great relationship with those coaches, especially coach coach Musgrave, the offensive coordinator. But when it comes to, when it comes to my decision, I'm kind of just being where my feet are. Uh, I'm more focused about my junior season. Hopefully we have a season this year and I'm just doing everything I can. I'm not even, worried about my recruitment process right now.
0: Well, when you're looking for a school, because your junior year is also a time where, you know, a lot of kids and and I've been a high school teacher for many years where they start looking at colleges for, for academic reasons and stuff like that. Uh, What are you looking for in a school besides a good football team and an opportunity for you to play? What is it that you want to do when you're older?
1: I don't really, I don't really know what I want to major in yet what I want to be. Uh, kind of everything since I've been growing up was an NFL player. A lot of my family told me I need to have a plan B, but, um, I mean, that changes year to year. So the college, it's just, it's just, I just want to go to a great academic institution. Um, my My dad wants me to go to Ivy League school or California Berkeley or Vanderbilt, stuff like that, just a great school, but also play big-time football. So academics is really important to me.
0: Well, I've said this for years and I, I heard it from somebody that a college is not a four-year decision. It is a 40-year decision. And, you know, schools like the Ivy League, and I'm pretty sure you've got a pretty high GPA and a school like Vanderbilt or Northwestern or, you know, some of the higher academic schools, that that is a, a tremendous accomplishment. If you can get in there, yeah. you know, you play football there and, and you graduate from there because then, you know what? You don't need a plan B because that they're going to set you up. <laughs> yes, sir. Now, what I want to do now is I, I thank you for taking the time to do this with me. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, I want to ask you five just off-the-wall questions that have nothing to do with anything.
1: <laughs> that sounds good.
0: What is the favorite food that you have that your mother makes? Her spaghetti. Okay. Your favorite dessert.
1: Probably mint a mint ice cream shake.
0: Favorite candy bar? Twix. Thanksgiving food tradition that your family makes.
1: Uh turkey, ham and stuffing.
0: All right. And the best Christmas gift you ever remember getting.
1: Uh <laughs> probably my beats or Call of Duty Warzone.
0: All right, and one last question. Is there anybody on the team that can outlift Coach Thomas?
1: <laughs> uh, that's that's I don't really think so. Maybe maybe Kyle Bandy. Kyle Bandy might be able to.
0: Is Coach Thomas still an animal in the weight room? Yes, sir. I you know he when he was playing in high school, he could bring it, man. He would hit and just not blink. I, he was one of the hardest hitters. I ever saw, and he could probably still strap it on right now and ring somebody's bell.
1: We actually just got a, a new running back coach, Coach Raul Lara. Uh, he coached at Long Beach Poly and Warren, but he's a big lifter, so those two are going to be going at it in the weight room this year.
0: Yeah, I remember Coach Lara from Long Beach Poly. ran a pretty darn good program there, and and it sounds like you guys have a really good coaching staff, and and maybe you guys can make a run at you know, at, at the top of that Trinity League, which is just so ridiculously difficult.
1: Yes, sir. That's the plan.
0: Well, Noah, I want to thank you for taking the time to spend with me tonight. Um, I really appreciate it. I, I, appreciate I it. hope we have a season and and I hope I can get down and and maybe get one of your games on Fox Sports Prep Zone and, and we can officially meet.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for everything.
0: All right. Uh, have a great night. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you've got any suggestions, please send them my way, uh, tonymoskell at gmail.com or at my Twitter, at Tony Moskell. Uh, Once again, I want to send my thoughts and prayers out to the St. Francis high school football community on the loss of their head coach, Jim Bonds. Uh, Jim was truly a wonderful, wonderful human being, and he will be missed by a lot of people. Until the next time, enjoy the rest of your day.